My name is Sarah Fennell, and since 2009, I have been on a rocket ship of personal growth and life mastery. From quitting my career as a dental hygienist and launching an online business, to becoming an international fitness and magazine cover model, to finding the love of my life, my twin flame, and building a business together, to dealing with chronic illness and suffering from breast implant illness, along with managing bipolar disorder. It has not been easy. I've been in a cycle of losing myself and finding myself for over a decade. But I've come to understand that this is life. I am never afraid to give up the good, to go for great, and constantly reinvent myself to have an extraordinary life. I am a seeker, and I invite you on a journey with me to become the best version of yourself, to live your best life. This is the Fulfillment Project Podcast. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the show. I have a great conversation that you're going to listen into today with Yuri Elkham. Yuri is a former pro athlete, New York Times bestselling author, sought after business coach, and the founder of Healthpreneur, where he and his team help, help health and fitness experts, coaches, and practitioners get more clients and scale coaching programs to create more income and freedom, and of course, better results for their clients. So let's jump right into this episode. Yuri, hello, my friend. Welcome to the Fulfillment Project podcast. Good to have you. How's it going? Uh, Thanks for having me. Great to see you too, Sarah. Yes, you as well. Um, We got to jam over on your podcast, the Healthpreneur podcast. And, uh, you know, we've been connected for a few years and we haven't seen each other since I think dinner at the keg a couple years ago. No, it's crazy how time flies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now restaurant meetings are far and few between these days. virtual lunches, right? Yeah. Virtual lunches. Fantastic. So you are in the business coaching space, much like myself. I know that you focus primarily on the, the wellness, the holistic uh, health side of things. Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought we would have some great conversations about the landscape and what is happening in the online space. And, you know, they're saying the coaching business is about to explode with uh, what happened with COVID uh, but before we get into all that, I'd love to hear about your background. Um, let our listeners a little bit uh, know a little bit about you and uh, how you got into doing doing what you're doing. Yeah, so I'll just share my ethnic backgrounds. <laughs> so the total offshoot, just in case you guys are wondering, my dad's Moroccan, my mom's Danish. I was born in Toronto, Canada. So like people don't generally understand, they generally don't guess that. So I'm going to give you guys the inside scoop. Um, but other than that, random fact: my background is in health and fitness. Grew up playing soccer. That was my passion. And I wanted to go pro when I was, you know, whenever I could. So I was able to do that in my early 20s, played pro professionally, sorry, professionally for three years. Uh, but, but before all that happened, I actually lost my hair to an autoimmune condition when I was 17. And that really prompted me into kind of an offshoot of fitness, which was like, hey, let me figure out what's going on here and, you know, see if I can correct it. So that, that really got me into the field of holistic nutrition. I actually had a degree in kinesiology before that. So the combination of like a real big passion for strength and conditioning and nutrition and just kind of like healthy living is what prompted me into helping clients. And I started off as a trainer and nutritionist working a lot, 14 hour days, one-on-one and burning out like most people do in that model. Um, After doing that for seven years, I was like, you know what, there's gotta be a better way. So 2005, 2006, I was working with a coach. He's like, Hey, why don't you set up a website? I was like, what's that? This is just when the internet was like becoming a thing, I think. 
And so we set up a website, had no clue what I was doing, created my first info product, which was a follow along workout program. And I don't think I sold it for like six months. It was like sitting on the website. I'm like, build it and they will come. No. Okay. Um, eventually someone bought it and it was like 47 bucks. And I was like, Oh my God, this is the best day ever. And then for the next three years, I struggled because I tried to do everything myself made below poverty line income. And then 2010, I was like, okay, you're not as smart as you think you are. You should probably hire a coach. So I did that in 2010. And that was the inflection point where everything started to take off, built that business up. And we did really, really well. Helped half, helped half a million customers around the world. Uh, wrote a New York Times bestselling book, which was fun. Uh, but a couple of years ago, I got really disillusioned with that business because it was on the surface looking successful, but I was massively unfulfilled on the inside because it was very high volume, low touch, very complex, hundreds of products, hundreds of funnels. We did a lot of, we did a lot of things well, but nothing great. And there was just so much complexity. And I was like, I don't want to like ever do this. I would never wish that type of business on anyone else. So sold the business two years ago. Uh, but before that, uh, I started Healthpreneur because a lot of people in our space started asking me for business advice because they had seen our business. And I'm like, okay. And I just thought there was an opportunity because I'd spent so many years becoming better at business and marketing because I really, I understood that that was like the fundamental gap in my skill set. So I had to learn that stuff. And it just happened like when you run your own business, you spend most of your time in business development and marketing. So I just got really good at it. And so with Healthpreneur, our goal is to help health professionals bridge that gap as well. So they can, in our case, specifically transition online to spread their message to more people, to really live a life that is very different from the life that many of them live, which is very transactional, very dependent upon their time. So they can instead have a lot more location independence if they want to, even if that's just working from home, right? Or being able to help people in a more leveraged fashion. So that's, you know, that's what we do. We help them build a very automated and predictable system to generate clients and build those businesses. And I, I, I love this business because it's very simple. We have one core program and our mastermind on top of that. That's it. It's very high touch. I know all my clients very well, and I feel very grateful to work with all of them. And we have an amazing team that helps support on the coaching side. So that's kind of the transition is like I spent, you know, 13, 14 years building the B2C business. Then a lot of people ask me for advice on the B2B side. And then that's where Healthpreneur came. And that's, uh, that's been six years now. So it's, uh, it's been an amazing ride. Yeah, that's, uh, that's incredible. We have a very, very similar journey. Yeah, now, I think it's very interesting where you built this incredible company, uh, but you felt unfulfilled, uh, which is so gold. I mean, this is the fulfillment project and something I'm highly passionate about is no matter what you do, we need to be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. Why do you feel that business got so complicated for you? So a lot of the business was built upon the, like the pure internet marketing stuff, right? So the funnels, the affiliate stuff at the time, a lot of information products. So, you know, the eBooks, the courses, we actually got into supplements as well. A lot of it was very low ticket. And so we needed very high volume. And when you run that type of business, you have to, well, I didn't understand at the time until I did is like, you can't acquire clients or customers at significant margins when you're charging $47. So you're, and you, the business model inherently is such that it constantly has to be fed. And what I mean by that is if I brought someone in on a $47 ebook, for instance, and I'm making zero margin on that, the next day or very soon after, 
there needs to be something else they're buying. And a lot of times, because we didn't have enough SKUs initially, that would be, oh, by the way, go buy this person's stuff and then go buy this person's stuff. And the business became very heavily dependent upon affiliates and joint ventures, which again, I'm, I'm sincerely grateful for all the friendships and relationships I've made, but I just didn't feel good about that because as a, I'm thinking as a customer, if I just purchased like this water bottle and then the next day, the company is like, oh, by the way, you should purchase this other water bottle too. I'm like, what? So the whole business model was very flawed. And I think the only way to get out of that was to create more and more products, which is what we did. So we had tons of eBooks, info products, courses, eventually we had some supplements, but it turned into a promotion machine because the lifetime value of a customer is so small because of the price points that we constantly had to be selling stuff day in and day out. We had three different membership sites, but anyone who's running membership sites, it's like the utopian scenario of recurring revenue. Uh, it's not that easy. <laughs> so that was like, like, yeah, we'll just set up recurring revenue membership sites. And it was so hard to fill those. Um, and so I just got really, I started to really step back and look at the fundamental issues with the business model. It wasn't like, let's create more products and more funnels. That was, they were all band-aid, tactical band-aids to strategic problems. And so what I recognized for me as well is I'm naturally very introverted. I, I happily will spend time with my noise canceling headphones. I'm good. However, I love this interaction as well, right? And I, I realized that what was missing in that business was that interaction piece because I didn't know my customers. They were numbers, right? They were people I just saw a name somewhere in the world, and I didn't I didn't want to like I didn't want to run that type of business anymore. I really enjoyed. I love coaching. Like I really really help. I really enjoy helping people become the version of themselves that they know they can be. And initially it starts off by helping them build their business, but event, because you know, like there's so much of this that gets in, right? And so they develop personally in the process of building their business. So I get a lot of fulfillment and regret, like, and, and really a lot of juice from doing that. And I realized that because before we started Healthpreneur, I just started doing these uh, random masterminds because people would be asking for business advice. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna do this like two day thing in Florida, you wanna come? And I started really enjoying that. And I saw the value that was being shared in the room and you know, what, I could, what I could provide. And I was like, well, what if I built a business that was kind of like this? And that's kind of how it came about. And I really, really, I started to enjoy that. Um, but I also recognized from way back in my days as a trainer and nutritionist that I did not want to do one-on-one. Because number one, I'm not, I, I think I'm a better coach in a one-to-many scenario than I am one-to-one. That's just me knowing me. Um, but I also know that I didn't want to trade time for money. And so I wanted to build a business around what I'm great at doing, which is serving one to many, but also a business model that would allow me to live the life that I want, which is like, if I don't want to work today, I don't have to yet. My clients still get amazing service and quality care from everyone else on our team. But when I do show up as my clients, it feels like they're my best friends, right? Because we're so close and intimate and you know, they shared some of their deepest, darkest secrets, but it's on my terms. I show up with them 30 minutes a day, you know, not like 10 hours one-on-one. And so I'm really, really happy about having that clarity to build that type of business model. But again, I think it comes from the contrast of knowing what I didn't want in the first place. So, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And I, I, I mean, our stories are so funny. So very similar. You, you get started in business and, and most of the time we're so revenue driven, 
we're like, let's build the business, build the business. And, and you get into it. And, and I was like that too, in my fitness business. And I ended up burning out. Um, I was one-to-one online. So then I went to membership sites and info products and got so far down that rabbit hole and lacking the the connection with people that I got burnt out from that business and had no interest and didn't even want to show up for the business. And I'm an introvert like you. I'd rather be behind my computer with some headphones on. Uh, and it's funny. I find that we can't find fulfillment until we realize what we don't want, right? Like that contrast that you said. Yeah, most people are really good at at being very clear about what they don't want, not so much about what they do want. And that's okay because both serve us, right? It's like, well, what do you want? Well, I don't know. Well, what don't you want? Well, I can't stand this. Like years ago, I was actually just sharing this with a client or they were bringing this up. They had been, uh, they were brought up in the Caribbean. I was talking about my morning routine. And so they were saying like, oh, I can never get up before. And here's why. Because when I was in the Caribbean as a child, I had to get up at four in the morning and walk an hour to the bus. And so they had built this, uh, this association with getting up early that was painful. And I'm like, I understand why you do not want to do that. So for me, it was when I was young, waiting at the bus stop in the depth of winter. I was like, I never want to do this again. And so that was really, you know, as I got older, I was like, all right, wintertime, I'm leaving Canada and going somewhere warmer. Because I had all those years of like never wanting to do that. And so I think, yeah, like knowing what you don't want starts to help inform of what you do want, which is very easy because it's just the opposite a lot of times, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and not being afraid to shift and pivot when when things don't feel right. Uh, I think a lot of people struggle with letting something good go for something great Mm -hmm. Um, because there's that fear on the other side. Will this work out? Um, Is this the path for me? Am I giving up something really good? And it's, you know, not going to be good on the other side. So a lot's changed. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say a lot's changed. I would say a lot more people are gravitating to the online world now because of COVID, because of restrictions, uh, especially the health and fitness people. Where do you see the landscape of the online coaching business right now? I think it's an amazing opportunity. I mean, it's like, it's sad that COVID was the thing that had to kick a lot of people in the butt to be like, hey, are you ready yet? Like, I, I mean, I cannot... I don't think anyone can make an argument that is going to convince me that having a brick and mortar makes more sense. Now, I'm not saying that there's no value in bringing people together. I think it's amazing, right? If you have a gym or a practice or a clinic, I think it's incredible what you can do to bring people together. But again, even in those models, like they're so one-on-one and they're missing the boat, which is community, right? So I think gyms do this better than clinics because they bring people together. But like to solely rely on a brick and mortar, number one, you're going to pay 10, 15, $20,000 a month at least in some cases. And then what's, what's funny is when a lot of people come online, they're like, oh, I got to pay 97 bucks a month for ClickFunnels. Oh, I know. <laughs> Sorry, what's your lease again in your clinic? Oh, okay. I understand where you're coming from. That's a lot, 97 bucks is a lot. So um, just like as, a, as an aside, like one of the mistakes I see with people coming online is they treat it like a side hobby. Treat it like a business. It's a business. It's not, it's not this little pet project on the side, like collecting baseball cards. You know, it's a business It has expenses, there's software, there's technologies, you gotta use that stuff, right? So I think the opportunity for coaching is tremendous. I mean, the beautiful thing about coaching is that it requires no physical touch, right? And even if you're a massage therapist or a chiropractor or a physical therapist, like a lot of our clients are, they get stuck in, I'm only my hands. 
It's like, no, you're more than your hands. You've been getting paid for what you do. I want to encourage you to get paid for what you know. And that's the big distinction. Like if you're, they think about this, if you're a chiropractor, spend 10 years in school, right? Undergrad, chiropractic school, all that stuff. You have knowledge and wisdom, like the, the, the understanding of the human body. Like if you can help someone mitigate back pain virtually without adjusting them, that's incredible. And you can, you just have to think outside the box a little bit to, to say, okay, well, how, what would I, what would I recommend to someone for them to do on their own that I could help guide them through? And so I think it's an amazing opportunity to think outside the box, to think a little more innovatively than just adjusting spines, or even if you're a coach, I mean, even as a coach in my, I don't know about you, sir, but like for me, like there's no reason I would need to sit down with someone in person at a Starbucks to coach them, for instance, right? Like what we're doing here is that's pretty much all you need. Right. So I, I think it's like, man, it is such an amazing opportunity. But at the same time, it's also very difficult to build an online business mm-hmm. because when you have a, a gym or a physical location, people can drive by, they can walk by, they're like, oh, cool, there's a sign, there's a thing. It doesn't happen online, right? Like the field of dreams, you have a beautiful website you spend $10,000 on, guess what? No one's ever going to see it. And that's where you have to understand the basic principles of marketing, like getting yourself out there. And it's not about being slimy or salesy. It's about coming to terms with you have an amazing me- like message and gift that can help people. And you owe it to yourself to learn how to do that because otherwise no one's going to find you. So I think it's a great opportunity. I just think it needs to be taken seriously like a business and like really understanding that, you know, we have these 10 core tenants. Um, and one of them is the letters behind your name don't entitle you to successful business. If you have a DC, MD, BS, whatever it is, that is like, that's like the quarter you put into the arcade to play the game. And then it's like, great, you're level one. What are you going to do to get to level two? So no one's entitled to anything based on what they just did the last couple of years. It's like, cool, you now can play the game. And now what are you going to do to build your skills to play the game at the highest level? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's great. I, I want to highlight something that you said a couple minutes ago about People get an innovative, especially the chiropractors and the massage therapists and those people who think that they just need to be there with their clients. And it's even something I'm trying to get through to the trainers where they feel like they have to come online and then they're on Zoom for 10 hours a day with a client. Yes, yes. Um, So can you give some more insight into those, like, you know, the trainers, the massage therapists, the chiropractors who need to change their ideology? Oh, yeah, totally. As to how they are serving online. It's tricky because the longer you spend in school, the more you identify yourself as that type of person, right? So I'm a chiropractor at my core. That's what I do. That's a story you've been telling yourself and you've tied your identity to that, which may or may not serve you, your choice. So um, interesting fact, 88% of Fortune 500 companies that existed in 1965 no longer exist. And the reason is because they didn't adapt and they failed to pivot. So it's your choice. If you're, and the, the, I mean, gym owners have definitely been hit harder, but practitioners, you know, obviously there's like social distancing stuff, but their clients for the most part have stayed open because of essential services. But the example I give is, so two years ago, I was playing a lot of tennis in the summer and I had this recurring shoulder issue from overhead motion. So I go see my physio and I go see him 20 minutes. He does some acupuncture on me. 
And he's like, cool, man. Um, come in whenever you want next. And I'm like, what? Like, that's it? Like, that's the recommendation? That's the recipe? And, and like every single practitioner I've been to, whether they're naturopath, chiropractor, for the most part is the same. They're like, when do you want to come in next? Right? And it's transactional. You know, here's my visa. Boom. See you next time. I think that love that that model of care is fundamentally flawed. And it's not even about the fact from a business perspective, it doesn't make sense, but from the level of as a patient or a client. So here's the scenario that I would like to see um, as a physical therapist, considering a hybrid model. So let's say you can still see people in person and support them virtually. I go see my physio once a week. He does some soft tissue stuff on me and he says, okay, cool. Yuri, I want you to log into the online portal three times this week. You're going to go through week one in there. I'm going to give you specific exercises to follow. Just do those. It's going to take you 10 minutes a day. Cool. Now, when I go home, I log into the website, which by the way, doesn't exist, but this is just like what yep. I think should yeah. happen. <laughs> I log into the website and there is a five minute video showing me some TheraBand exercises I can do for my shoulder and some stretching and some strengthening stuff that I can do on my own between our sessions. That's it. And then I see him next week and guess what happens? I'm a little bit better. And he does some stuff on my shoulder and I'm a little bit better. And then I go back and I do the week two stuff and I'm a little bit better. That's the model of care that we're helping our, our practitioner clients build, whether they want to be hybrid or fully online, because it's like the traditional model is very doctor dependent, right? Or even with the trainers, it's trainer dependent. I work out when I see my trainer. I don't work out when I don't see my trainer. How do you get better? How do you improve? Yes. So whether you're a practitioner or a trainer, it's like, great. You see the person in person. Awesome. But what can they do? I think most coaches have one thing in common. We want committed clients and we want to empower our clients, not so that they're dependent upon us for everything. So if we want to empower them, well, let's give them some stuff to do, some homework where they can improve in, like, in our absence. And then they check in with us and lo and behold, they're a little bit better. And I think when we consider that type of model from a care perspective, our clients get better results. It forces us to think about how do we extract our intellectual property so we can, you know, take our recipe for success in any given endeavor and help someone through that largely on their own, but with our accountability and support. And that's the way I see it. Like that's like as a practitioner, whether you're a chiropractor, massage therapist, even if you're a massage therapist, you go to see a massage therapist because you want to relax or you want to work out some kinks. Awesome. Well, what if the massage therapist gave you some really simple soft tissue stuff you could do in the meantime, right? What if they sold you a lacrosse ball or a foam roller in addition to their hands-on stuff? It got, like, it, guys, it's so simple when you see this, but it's some, I understand that sometimes you only can see what you can see. And I want to encourage everyone listening or watching to this, that there is so many, like so many possibilities beyond what you've been doing if you're open to them. And if you're not open to them, that's okay, but you have to be okay with the consequences of that decision, mm -hmm. which is you're gonna be stuck where you are. And you, like, and you have the choice. No one is putting a gun to your head to say you can only do this. And all it comes down to is a choice, being open-minded enough and being willing to try something new from a survival perspective. That's really what this is, right? If you wanna survive, you're gonna to have to adapt, so. Yeah, yeah, it was, um... It brought me a lot of joy last year uh, with the trainers I, I was talking to and who helped bring online. And they're like, 
my clients are getting better results from online coaching. I'm mm-hmm. working less and I'm making more money. And so it's a, it's, it's a win, win, win for everybody. Yeah. Uh, and it, would, it, it just brought me a lot of joy to see them light up because the light bulb goes off at that point. Mm-hmm. Cause like what you said, you don't know if you don't know, or you don't know if you're not seeing it, or you don't know if you're not even trying it. Yep. hundred yeah. percent. And it's nice too. Cause I mean, I've had clients, I don't know if you had these clients back in the day, but I remember I had a client, great guy. I remember showing up for a workout one day and he's like, you know, Andrea, like, I don't feel like working out today. Why don't we just go for a drive? I'm like, We're going to go for a drive and you're going to pay me for this. I'm like, sure. I'm in. <laughs> but it's like when you, and that's like, you get, you get clients like that. I had a client who she would only work out when she was with me and she's working out twice a week. I'm like, and like, like no progress. I mean, I thought I was a good trainer, but like zero progress. Cause it was only twice a week. And it's just frustrating, right? Cause we, we fundamentally get into this business because we want to help people. We want them to improve and we just get stuck in the traditional ways of doing things. Right? And it's not all the time. It's like that, but you know, I think if we can improve how we serve people, then it's better for them, better for us, better for the business. Everyone wins. So, yeah. 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 Now there are struggles of taking a business online. Um, what are the common things that you see practitioners or trainers or nutritionists struggle with when they've decided, yes, like I'm going to do this. I'm going to either hybrid or I'm going to go all online. What are some things that come up? Yeah. I mean, it's the, I call them the three M's. So number the first M is your market. So big mistake. Number one is I want to help everyone. Sorry, you're done. Don't, don't play that game. Like you cannot serve everyone, even though you can, doesn't mean you should. And the difference goes back to what we talked about is if you've got a clinic that people can walk by and just pop in, sure, you'll have people fall in your lap. Online, that doesn't happen. You have to proactively market your business, whether that is paid or free, you have to let people know what it is you do. And if you're a generalist, well, I guess you'll get paid generalist rates. If you're a specialist, you'll get paid like a specialist. So number one is to select a single target market. It's the, it's the fundamental, your business model and who you choose to work with are probably the two most important questions you have to answer that will fundamentally affect everything you do for the next number of years in your business. So number one is select one group of people who have the same pain or problem, right? So you help people with knee pain or Hashimoto's or uh, women who just gave birth, who want to lose, you know, the baby weight, that's your target market. It doesn't have to be your target market for the rest of your life, but in any given amount of time with focused marketing, you got to select that single target market. Second thing is, is the skill of messaging it is being able to put a message in front of your people. So they feel understood. And I think this is for health and fitness professionals because we're so sciencey. We, we speak above people. I remember reading a, a Twitter post from some guy who was talking about, like, I don't even know, like it was ACL, PCL, MCL. And I, I understand those terms, but I don't know who, who he was writing to. Like, it was other professionals or regular people. You got to speak to like a, a 10-year-old. If you've got kids, just your messaging should be able to resonate with them. Good messaging is all about empathy. It's about understanding your audience so well that when they see your messaging, whether it's written or spoken, they're like, man, this person knows exactly what I'm going through. And if that's the case, he or she probably has a solution for it. You can't do that if you're trying to help everyone because everyone has different frustrations and pain points, et cetera. 
So the messaging is very, very important. And the third piece I call it magic, which is um, just knowing how to craft a good offer, right? A lot of people are like, well, like, yeah, like I'm not getting enough people saying yes, whether it's like buying a course online or buying coaching. The offer really, I mean, a good offer will overcome any uh, lack of sales skills, if you will. But again, in a coaching environment, I don't recommend charging a dollar, right? So there's this balance of, you know, make the offer compelling in such a way where people believe that you can deliver the results you're saying you can. But at the same time, the beautiful thing about coaching is it's more about you interviewing them and selecting who you want to work with as opposed to the other way around. So that positioning definitely comes into play there. So um, market, message, and magic, those are the three M's. And I think that those three, um, well, I mean, they're all very, very important, but I think market and message are huge. And I think it's just, you know, a place where a lot of people, either they're not aware of it or they just haven't developed the skills, right? And marketing is everything. Like marketing is everything in your business. You're good enough as a coach. You're good enough as an expert. You got that. Now you have to develop the next skill, which is learning how to put a message in front of people that resonates with them, moving them into the next step with a compelling offer where they're like, yeah, like I want that. And then the final piece is being able to build your sales. It's basically communication, right? That's what we're talking about is communication and verbal as well as written, verbal one-to-many, but also one-to-one. So if you can get on the phone with someone who's maybe never met you, and convert them into a paying client, that's an amazing superpower that anyone can develop. But it's a skill that just requires practice. So I think, especially online, because trust is very different than it is in person, it's easier to get people to say yes in person than it is online. Uh, these skills are massively important to helping you grow. And I think those that we all know, those people, like there's a lot of very, very smart health and fitness professionals that don't do well in business because they're either they don't know or they're reluctant to learn it. And then there's a lot of people who are like, I don't know about that guy, but he's crushing it because he's learned how to influence people. So I think it's an important skill set that we all have to master. So yeah, so those are a few things that I see as being very important. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Uh, you nailed it there with the online space. Unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately the best marketer will always win. Um, and I, I love to pair people who are really good at what they do and make them really good marketers. And like, you will have such a successful business. Um, yeah, I always say like when, when you're starting your coaching business, you're a hundred percent marketer, then you're like a 95% marketer, but you're always like 50, 50, like you're 50% coach, 50% marketer always like that marketing doesn't ever die. Uh, which I think is very different than the offline space where it can be convenience of people walking in or referrals and that type of thing. Um, but if we don't know how to communicate a message, people don't know what we sell or what we do. Yeah, it's funny too, because marketing is basically everything you say and type. So most health and fitness professionals, they all want to speak on stage. They all want to be on TV, which is called marketing, right? So, so anytime you're sharing your content, podcast, video, TV, whatever, that's called marketing. The ability to articulate an idea is called communication. So you have to develop the skill of communication. And it just so happens that it's part of marketing. The better you do, the better your business is going to be. So I, th- I just think there's just a connotation around sales and marketing that doesn't serve a lot of people in our community. And, you know, hopefully between the two of us and others who are spreading the good word, yeah. we're hoping to uh, rephrase that a little bit. Yeah. What would you say to anybody who feels like they're late in the game with getting into the online space? 
Well, like the saying, what's the saying? If the best time to plant an oak tree was like 10 years ago, the second best time is today. Yeah, like it's just get started. Like you have like the challenge, it's never too late. It's there's always gonna be competition. That's fine. And there's always space for more because everyone's gonna resonate with someone. Some people are gonna resonate with me for whatever reason, others are gonna resonate with you. I'm going to repel certain people because of how I look. You're going to attract certain people because of how you look. People are like, that's just human nature. So even if there's a thousand people that do what you do, you are you. And as long as you show up as you, not as someone else, you'll always have a place in the market. Um, but I can like, I think the challenge of living in North America is that life is okay. And that means that the need the need to change our current situation is not burning desire level for most people. And this I see every single day when someone says, I want this. And then you're like, no, you're full of shit. You don't actually want this because you're not willing to do whatever it takes. So please either do whatever you need to do or tone down the, I want this thing because you don't. That's reality. It's like a lot of people say stuff, but they don't back it up with action. And I understand why that happens because of fear. It's fundamental, right? I want this thing, but a change is hard. The perceived pain of something I've never done before is in my mind greater than the perceived gain of making that change. And that's all it is. The difference for like with those people that succeed and by success, I mean like the pursuit of a worthwhile goal. Um, the only difference is those people have courage to move through the fear. That's it. Like, you're starting something or building something you've never done before. So like, it's kind of, it's reasonable to, to, to feel that way. Like you should be anxious or scared. That's totally fine. The difference is, are, is that going to paralyze you and stop you? Or are you going to move forward anyways? And like, it's like driving in fog. The only way you get more clarity is by driving 10 more feet and then driving 10 more feet. And I think a lot of people, especially online, they're looking for like, what does this look like? Like, what is like, how does this all look for my business? It's like, well, dude, I don't know, but I'll, I'll show you. Like, did you know how to adjust spines before you went to chiropractic college? No, <laughs> now you do. So I, I think having faith in the process, having a very high level of hunger to make the change, and then having faith and belief in yourself. I think fundamentally, if you believe in yourself, it's the belief that no matter what happens, I can, I can figure this out, right? If I have to get someone to help me or if I have to do it myself, I fundamentally believe that I can get better, I can change, I can get support. I think that's a very, very important global belief that we all need to have if we want to have success, especially online, because it can be pretty challenging. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw that divide between those two different mindsets there that you were talking about uh, back in the spring. You know, COVID hit, gym owners came flocking to us, and those that took off and ran with the online space. They were thanking me in the fall and around Christmas time when we went back into lockdown, but there was also another group of people where they delayed and they, they, you know, they kept sabotaging themselves. And then in June, when everything opened back up again, they got busy with their club and never got into the online space and then freaked out again in the fall. Um, and so, yeah, either you're going to shit or get off the pot, so to say. Yeah, totally. It's, it's, there's this image that I, I found somewhere on Google, two guys sitting on a bench in a hurricane. It's hilarious. Like there's just like huge waves, like being, you know, thrown at them. And I'm like, that's kind of how a lot of people have been, um, 
a lot of business owners live 2020. Some obviously got off the bench and, and made a change, but some just sat there and they're like, you know what? It's going to blow over. You know, it's going to blow over. Well, it hasn't blown over yet. So how much longer do you want to wait? You know? Yeah. I'm sure that's what Blockbuster said about the online uh, <laughs> entertainment space. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I, I think they actually turned down a collaboration with Netflix. Like no. Netflix had reached out to them and Blockbuster was like, no, no, we're going to keep doing things the way we're doing. And well, we know how that turned out. Yeah. Yeah. I know anybody who's scared to get an online space. Like I always just tell them, like you started a business once, you know, you, you, you didn't know what you were doing when you started it to begin with, probably like you can do it again uh, in a different space. I I mean, I remember I was working out at F45 2019 ish. And I remember speaking to the owner of the location close to my house. And I, I really enjoyed the concept. I thought it was great. And she was saying that like the franchise fee plus equipment was about $450,000. I'm like, wow. why? I'm like, thank you for being here and doing this, but why? And the worst part is that now that location is gone. Oh. And it's like, it's so, it's so upsetting to see that happen. That's a lot of money. I mean, that's $450,000. If you gave me $450,000, if you, I mean, or if you took $450,000 to build an online business, you wouldn't even know what to do with that money. Oh, yeah. You'd be like, <laughs> um, cool. I mean, I guess I'll just hire some people and, and do some ads. Yeah. But it's, it is so accessible. And that's the challenge. It's so accessible, which is good. But it's also so accessible, which is kind of bad. Um, when you invest $450,000 in a physical location, you're all in. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to take the same approach with our online business. Business is business, whether it's online or offline, it's just a different medium, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, if, 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 you're, if you're invested, you'll be invested. If you're taking it as a side hustle and a hobby, it's no big deal if it doesn't pick up, right? Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much, Yuri. This uh, conversation has been incredible and insightful. And I mean, um, as much business and marketing advice that people can get, I'm always trying to throw it their way. Uh, now this is the fulfillment project and I always finish with one last question. Uh, but before we get to that, where can people find you, creep you, learn more about you? Uh, well, two places. Um, we have a podcast called the health burner show, uh, which you are on, which was awesome. Um, and then Instagram I'm at health Don't look for your Kim. That's my previous business. Um, I don't do anything in the health and fitness stuff anymore. So healthpreneur on Instagram and then our main website is healthpreneurgroup.com. So yeah. Awesome. Great. Oh, I have a second question now that you just said that. So did you sell your business as your name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Which is, which is, well, for any of you guys who are wondering whether you should brand your business as your name, uh, if you think of, if you want to sell it, don't, because you're not going to get the same valuation you would otherwise. But, you know, we, um, it worked out really, I think we, we had a good, I'm really happy with how it worked out for us. So yeah, it's um, just very, I'm, we have, you know, obviously some clauses where they're very cautious of how my name is being used because it still is in use, mm. but uh, I'm not involved with that anymore. So gotcha. great. Yeah. And so my final question is what does fulfillment mean to you? Fulfillment means doing things that bring me joy. Um, it's, at the end of every day, knowing that I've done my best and knowing that I've made a contribution in this world. For me, one of my biggest values is growth and contribution. So as long as I'm living those two values to the highest I possibly can, I feel massively fulfilled. And if I know that I'm impacting people's lives in a positive way, 
I feel really good. So that's what fulfillment means to me. That's great. Thank you so much, Yuri. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. You freaking rock. I love our community. I would love for you to join me over on Instagram. It is my favorite platform to hang out in. And if we're not connected, just find me, sarah.fennel. And I would also love for you to take a screenshot of this episode that you're listening to here today and throw in your stories, tag me, let me know what resonated with you the most. It helps me create more content for you moving forward. And always remember that we are in this together.